Adams. Time winding down. Antetokounmpo on the fade. It's good at the buzzer. The Milwaukee Bucks stun the Knicks on the last second game winner by Giannis Antetokounmpo. What's going on, everybody? Episode 57 of the Bucks Leading Radio. As always, your host, Jacoob's here on the microphone, and I am joined by a very special guest, probably the most popular, most well-known, and probably most well-liked guest since the Sith Lord has been on. Uh, so it's great to have you. Bart Winkler on the podcast. How are we doing? I'm not no better than Sith Lord, dude. <laughs> I can't. I, I mean, I try to be... I try to be PG Sith Lord and I can't you can't do it. It's hard. No, yeah. He's, <laughs> I'm not gonna take that mantle. That's his. Perfect. And I think he wants it. And I think he needs to keep it. He is the Bucks <laughs> fan. Not that people want, but what they need. Uh to quote a little Batman there. Um <laughs> He sold me my car, so there's True. a plug for Sith Lord. There you go. Um all right, perfect. So I'm very excited to have you on, as we've already discussed. Um so I wanna jump right into some Bucks talk. Game two was last night, I was there. Tough game for the Bucks, at least in the first half, uh, down one going into the second, where Giannis ended up taking over that game. And I want to get your initial thoughts on the first two games. Uh, anything you want to discuss, anything you feel is really necessary to bring up on your own accord, and then I will give my thoughts, and we can kind of go from there. So, take it away. I just think uh, you're seeing how good the Bucks are. I mean, they are a very good team, and I think that, you know, we've been waiting for this, and when Giannis and Middleton and for a while Jabari and you know Greg Monroe and some of the pieces that are gone this is kind of what we dreamed of of happening and at least through two games you're seeing it happen the series is over uh you know if they drop one in Detroit whatever it gets them that game five money that I've been trying to enlighten people about that if the Bucks lose I'm gonna call conspiracy because they're just they're just that much better of a team than Detroit, Blake Griffin or no Blake Griffin. And we've seen that throughout the season, and now we're seeing it now. Uh, there's there's still some, I think, there's still some, like, show me what you got yet, I think, from the national scene. And, you know, maybe even in the back of our minds, like how good truly are there? We've seen them win 60 games. We've seen them have the MVP. We've seen them have the coach of the year. We've seen them win by double digits like 45 times, most in the league. But we need to see, I think I think a lot of people need to see them beat one of these other three teams, Toronto, Philly, and it will be Boston in a seven-game series before these dreams of going to the finals seem more like a reality. And just from a guy who, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not as good as like a Matt Velasquez or an Eric Name you know, or Frank Madden, where they're talking about the Pistons running zones on this set or whatever. I, I, I just, I, you know, I watch the game like anybody else watches the game. And what I see in this team is what I've seen in the Golden State Warriors for the last five years. Uh, if you don't know, everybody seems to know. My brother works for them uh, in PR. So I've, you know, watched them very intently. And this seems like the year that the Warriors won their first title where they came off a year, they lost in the first round of the Clippers, and then the next year they won the finals. And it seems like this Bucks team is capable of doing that. They got a new coach, just like they got Steve Kerr back then. They've got the best player in the league, uh, as you could argue Steph was back then, and still a top three guy. Uh, Giannis is now. They're deep. They, they have a system. They stick to it. When they get knocked around a little bit, like in game two, they were down at halftime. What did they do? Giannis came right out at seven quick points. So I just everything that I've seen in teams that have won championships, I'm seeing in the Milwaukee Bucks now. And I know the Celtics are good, and I know the Raptors are good, and I know the Sixers are good. And any one of those series could go seven. They could all go seven games. But at the end of it, I just I don't see any one of these teams beating the Bucks four times in two weeks. I just I cannot see that in the East right now. And yes. The Bucks are not getting tested right now, but I think managing some of these minutes, working Nico back into things, eventually getting Brogdon back, I, I do think they'll need him to complete this sort of destiny that I see for them. 
but all signs point to good stuff right now, and I I am someone who expects that to continue throughout the series, into the next series, and really into two more series after that. That's good, and, and I think to touch on the first couple of things you said on maybe national media not necessarily believing in what these Bucks, this Bucks team can do, and honestly, in the back of my mind, and this is me speaking for myself, I'm not speaking for anybody else out there, but I feel the same way. It's kind of like, you need to prove it to me because I've been hurt before, kind of a thing. Yeah, I hear that, I yeah. hear that. So I think I definitely feel some of that, but I'm definitely you know right behind this team and fighting for them and cheering them on. Um, you brought up a couple other things I want to mention. Uh, I literally wrote down Miritich's play while you were talking, and then, of course, you bring him up. He's been a hot topic uh, these first two games by some people through Bucks Twitter and other forms of social media. What are your takes on the way he's kind of come back into the fold of things? Do you see it as just rust, as kind of just getting him back into, you know, game time, you know, actually playing minutes, getting hardcore minutes? Um, when I was watching him, and, you know, anybody who listens to this podcast regularly knows I'm not a basketball expert. I'm like I said, like you said, I just watched the game like anybody else. Yeah. But from the eye test, I feel like ball movement is slowed down. He seems to be making poor decisions. He's not quick on the trigger like he was before. Um, and those are just some of the things I've noticed. But what are your thoughts on his play so far? Do you think it'll get better as he just plays more? Um, and what do you attest to that? I look at Miritich as a bonus. I mean, I, I look at him on this team as a bonus. I think when he got traded here, you know, you could look at him and you think, well, maybe he can give you 25 and 30 like he did, you know, minutes a night like he did for the Pelicans uh, and more in their playoff run. I don't know if, if that's the role that he's going to have here on this team. You look at a guy like George Hill who came over here, took him a while to get acclimated, and he has done a tremendous job, especially lately, now that he's sort of comfortable filling in for Brogdon. And I think Miritich is still sort of finding his, his role on the team. Um did he? What did he play? Like ten games before he got hurt, and mm-hmm. I, I know there was one night where he was just nailing deep threes, and it was laughable how how amazing this team could be. So I certainly think that there is going to be a role for him. Uh, I think it's going to be a role that benefits the Bucks. I think it will benefit them more against a team like the Warriors, or even if it's the Rockets, whatever team from the West gets out there is going to be a team that likes to take a lot of threes, and they can make them, and Miritich will be a good guy to go f- pound for pound for that. If you're expecting Miritich to to start or to give you 30 minutes, I, I don't think we're going to see that out of him, and I think you know maybe if he didn't get hurt, they go that route. But what's happened over the last couple of months is not just his injury, but Tony Snell's has opened up this role for Sterling Brown. Playoff who, Sterling. Yeah, he brings you – and Pat Connaughton. Yep. Uh, the first two games of the series has played very well, so they're getting more play out of their guards. I think that this Bucks team is so deep, and the moment that it realized uh, for me how deep it was was a D.J. Wilson game like in, like, December. He had, like, six points, but I thought, man, if this guy can do – if this guy can contribute, I mean, look how deep you are. You're going to have games when everybody's healthy. You're going to have games where out of – you know, if they run Giannis and Middleton, Bledsoe, and these guys 40, out of, let me try to think, Miritich, Snell, uh, Hill, Connaughton, DJ, Sterling, a couple other guys, somebody I'm missing. But you're going to have, like, nine guys yeah. that are going to fight for four, for, like, four spots of mm-hmm. 15, 20 minutes of basketball. This team is incredibly deep, which means if they get down one or two in a series – they can adjust and give you like a different team than you saw the night before. True. Miritich will be a big part of that, but I'm not. I'm not worried about it now because this series gives you time to acclimate him back, and also I think he'll be there and ready when the Bucks truly need him. Right now, he's a luxury. When they need need him, I think he'll be ready. That's a good take, and not, I didn't even really take it that far when I was really thinking about it. You know, I kind of saw him. I see him uh, as like. Shabazz Muhammad was in, or Michael Beasley was in the kind of previous series where you see just a guy coming off the bench who can score you some quick points. Um, you know, he's a 3 and D guy, and Miritich has yeah. always been. So I think that's kind of what I see him utilizing as. And I think we are just, I think we struggled just a little bit against this Pistons team, or at least we did last night, you know, kind of playing some defense against them. Because if Ursan is on Drummond, that's such a problem. And then Miritich is kind of slow out there. He doesn't look to be in great form. So I think when you saw that lineup, that was kind of a troubling to me. 
But to your point about Pat Connaughton, leading minutes right now in the playoffs, which is kind of crazy to think about, uh, a guy who you would see is just kind of a normal rotation person leading minutes, but I think that shows how dominant this Bucks team has been, um, which is great to see. And I'm a I, Patty C. I mean, the guy has just been a workhorse all year long. He's always doing the dirty work. He's out there, um, you know, playing well. But let me get your thoughts on Heel Thonmaker and the fact that and the entire city of Milwaukee has seemed to turn on him. Uh, and I, I'm not even going to lead, lead the witness here. What do you think about it? Oh, I just think with Thon, I mean, he, you know, he was a risky pick. And I did like that pick because I thought that what the Bucks were doing was, you know, if you're going to win a championship in Milwaukee uh, with everybody teaming up as superstars, you've got to hit on guys. And they missed on Jabari because of the knee stuff. So you hit on Giannis big time. You hit on Middleton, who was a throw-in in in the uh, Brandon Knight deal. Mm -hmm. And you got to keep hitting on guys, and you got to take big swings if you're going to go for the title. Uh, Thon Maker, I thought, was a big swing, and sure. you know he maybe had lofty expectations because you saw what they did with Giannis, a project out of nowhere. Uh, Thon just never really developed to be that guy. Uh, he just he just gets pushed around too much, as we see Giannis doing to him. I I like Thon. I I have. I will. Um, but to see him get beat up by Giannis, you know, uh, Matt Velasquez from the Journal Sentinel said that there's a there's a little brother relationship there. Like Giannis cares about Thon, and he looks yep. at him as like a little brother. You know, two guys not from America that play and, and, and learn the NBA. But also, when you play your little brother on the basketball court, you want to you want to destroy him. Mm-hmm. And that block that we saw last night was a good part of that. Uh, now I I don't know if yeah if, if Thon there was the thing in game one where he kind of threw an arm at Giannis's yeah. face I don't know how intentional that was um, but you know you do get a little chippy especially I mean my brother is like my best bud and man we used to throw down mm-hmm. you know playing ball in the driveway growing up I mean we would like we would bracket out a tournament and we'd have this whole plan to play sixty four games first game we're fighting and then we crumple up the tournament and we we throw it away throw it out. because you, you you throw down right away yeah i don't know if i agree with the booing of thon right away you know once he scrummed with Giannis a little bit maybe thon wanted a guy that he, he said he wanted more minutes his agents got him traded and it didn't work out and you know sometimes that happened he, i'm sure he knows more than anybody that that he uh, played the wrong hand there so i I still like Thon. I'm still going to root for Thon, no matter what people want to say. Sure. I, so I take the stance of I never wish poor on an actual person. Like, I, like Thon Maker is probably a very nice human. Uh, Kane Pittman, friend of the podcast, you know, has great things to say about him uh, as a human being. And I don't want to wish poor on him. I wish his career the best, honestly. And I said that when he got traded, but I've never been a fan of his play. I've never been necessarily a fan of that pick. And I had been kind of clamoring to trade him when his stock was high, right after, you know, playoff thought in the Raptors series, even the Boston series, like just get value for him while you could. Um, Now he's gone and I'm happy. I'm perfectly fine with it. And I'm not necessarily going to boo him because I dislike him because he wanted to get traded. I'm just going to kind of boo him because I I think I, I find it kind of funny. But I think I just the general public boos him because so many people wanted him to be so good and so many people were kind of putting their faith in him and had their whole you know fandom behind him and then to have him just turn around and say you know what I don't want to be here anymore I don't I want more minutes uh, especially in a year where you're making a run for a championship I felt like it was kind of like just turning your back on all the fans that were rooting for him that's what I see um, or maybe I'm wrong uh, on everybody booing him right away uh, well, I think I think the Thon thing got weird because I don't know if it was like it wasn't like he said it, I don't think that he was like pouting about it or saying I don't think he ever really demanded a trade he just said I want to play more but the way he said it I think got interpreted as well the Bucks like well then let's get him out of here and they were able to even if it wasn't that even if he wasn't going to be like a locker room problem yeah. They had a situation where they could turn him into Miritich. Right. So you're going to do that. So I, 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 I personally think that Thon got more vilified than he should be. Sure. Just based on how I understand, you know, what went on there. But, I mean, if the headline is Thon wants more minutes, gets traded, 
I mean, that's not a good look, and perception is going to be reality on that. Yeah, that's going to spin pretty bad in your direction. I will say, shout out to Thon Maker though. I mean, he he's he's taken the heel persona. He was he was getting real into it last night. I was watching him. Just, oh, yeah, I mean, I think he was taking in the booze. He was like, let's go, and I respect that. Like, and don't pout about it. You know, kind of just take it as it is. Um, okay, so last couple of things uh, on the Pistons here. Um, actually, no, I think that's all I had on my list. Uh, so let's talk about more. Let's dive more into this Boston series that we're every day more likely to see. Um, personally, I hope the Pacers get one game out of them just to extend them to a couple games, keep them playing some more. Hopefully, be a bit more tired by the time we get to them. Uh, you know, I in our outline here for this conversation, I have a couple of questions. You know, what do you really think our odds are of getting over them? You mentioned earlier in this podcast about how we can beat any team, and you don't see a team like that beating us four times in two weeks. Um, I have a bit more hesitancy to say something like that. Just from our history, they are very talented, and these hyper-competitive people are now kind of just putting their personal shit aside and saying, we got to play basketball and we got to win. So that's where I'm getting kind of a bit more scared. I do like our chances now that Joe Prunty is not our head coach, um, but let's hear your thoughts kind of more on this Boston series that we're likely to see in a couple weeks. Boston was the first team that beat my uh, Milwaukee, I think, this year. Mm-hmm. And when that happened, I tweeted out, um, I said, I will bet up to 10. Uh, I said, I'll bet as many people as you want, up to 500 bucks total, that if these two teams meet in the playoffs, the Bucks will win. Okay. And so I, I think I got 10 people, either 25 or 50 or 100 bucks, that I'll, that I'll have to pay out. Or hopefully I get money from these people. I don't, you know, I don't know. I don't really know who I bet. You should I just, probably I, track that. I, the Bucks are a better team. The Bucks are a better team. The Bucks, the Bucks are a better team than the Celtics, and they beat them two of the three times this year. And I know they haven't won in Boston in a while, but Boston hasn't won, you know, a playoff game here in a while either. And I don't think any of that matters. I think that the Celtics do have a lot of pieces that scare me. Kyrie is going to scare the hell out of me, especially in the fourth quarter. He did it last night against the Pacers, mm-hmm. yep. which was a game they should have won. Uh, Al Horford can look pedestrian at times, but it seems like against the Bucks, you know, he has beaten them. And what the Bucks need to do is not let – they need to not let Horford beat him. Horford, I, I think I remember him taking a lot of threes last year. Yeah. But now what the Bucks try to scheme is that, like, they're not going to let him take a bunch of threes. They want your worst three-point guys to be open all the time. Right. And so I don't know if they give Horford those opportunities. Uh, you would think they've got the bodies to do that, so we'll see how it plays out. I mean, the the Celtics they they very easily could take the Bucks seven. I I would not be surprised. The Bucks have home court. The Bucks are the number one seed. They've got the best player in that series. They've got a deeper team. They've got guys that I think fit in better. We're talking about Miritich maybe not adjusting to his role yet, or mm-hmm. uh, maybe George Hill still getting comfortable. I watched a game last night. Jalen Brown's starting. He he looks like he was, he looks like he was, you know. Sometimes you go to the gym and you join a team that's experienced and you're open, but they won't pass it to you. Okay. And that's what he that's what he looked like last night to me. So I I don't know that they're they're not as much of a team as the Bucks are. So the Celtics, you know, that cord and the logo and the history and Kyrie and it, it is daunting on paper. I I just I I can't really give you a more like convincing argument than the Bucks are the better team. If I, they lose, that's on the Bucks. Yeah. It's their fault. They should not lose that series. The Bucks are the better team. That's that's why I'm confident. Okay, fair enough. And I, I and there's no rebuttal. Like I, this isn't in the ESPN and I'm not even going to say I disagree with you because I I completely agree with you. I think we are the better team. I think we were the better team in the 8th game of the season that we played to go to finally become the, you know, a defeated team and go 7 and 1. But you know they they play us tough, and again, two very hyper competitive teams, and yeah, it's gonna be an annoying series. Dude. You're gonna, gonna hate s- Jason Tatum. Oh well, yeah, I You're kind of already hate do. Aaron Baines. I mean, I do. He's dead. Didn't Giannis kill him already? Come on. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna hate these guys. You're gonna look at <sighs> like you're gonna look at Marcus Smart's face, even though he's not gonna be on the bench, and you're gonna hate him. Ugh. You know, in these playoff series, when you see a guy so much, you just like. Like I hate Justin Turner against the Dodgers Brewers, and sure. you just you hate Corey Seager. You just hate these guys. Just learn to hate them. You just, yeah, you're just tired of looking at their face all the time. But um, I, I don't know. I kind of feel that way about Kyrie. Know. You're already. gonna hate them. It's gonna be a terrible, terrible series. It's 
going to be exhausting. It's going to be very they exhausting. Should, they should win. They should win. So leads me to my next question. Do you think this next series will be harder than any other series we go through? Excluding the finals. So Eastern Conference finals and then this series and the finals, actually. Yeah, throw it in there. Do you think, because it was presumed the Warriors come out of the West, do you think this is going to be the hardest series we have to play? I think Toronto. You think Toronto, really? Yeah, I kind of think Toronto causes them some problems. Hmm. That is a good question. Because I, I, I would like the Bucks in all of the series. Yes. Um, you know, Kawhi's very good and Embiid's very good, but I think Kyrie is the guy that scares me the most. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe. I mean, it could be, like, physic- from a physicality standpoint, it's going to be this one or Philly. Yes, I agree there. Mm-hmm. Um, nah, I, I don't know. I think with a trip to the finals on the line, that'll prove to be the tougher series. I, but this one, see, the thing about this series is I could see the Bucks winning in five. Against Boston. Yeah. Hmm. I, I can... You can just see can, them kind of just running. I can see that happening. I can see them going up 2-0. Celtics getting discouraged. Celtics win game three. Uh, close game. Bucks take game four. They come back here game five. Fight serves off, off its chain. Sure. Bucks win. I can see, if I could see any series going five, I, it would be this one. So I would really? take, I would say the toughest series from a brutality standpoint will be Philly. I'd say the toughest series from a basketball standpoint would be Toronto. And the toughest series from a fan frustration standpoint could be Boston. Okay, maybe that's it. Okay, because maybe that's fair, because I see Boston as being the hardest series for me personally, especially because I just hate Boston so much and I want us to win. So I'm so invested in that. Uh, I also think I think they cause us more problems uh, just from a matchup standpoint, as you've mentioned with Al Hordford. And then Aaron Baines, they come up, they can run fairly big against us which we kind of lack in just depth of that center position because we end up running Giannis or Ursan at the five more often than not. Um, Kyrie scares me too. Bledsoe is a great defender at times, but I think he also is a head case against Boston, which scares me a little bit. I wonder if that's maybe, like, because they're so deep, maybe that's a DJ Wilson. Maybe he gets some more time. Yeah, maybe, and I don't know. I'm, I think, and not to mention, we didn't even talk about Brad Stevens and his mastermind of coming up. At, just just a wave. Just a hand wave. <laughs> I mean, you look. I, you look at the Celtics. All right, so Kyrie's scary. Horford can be good. Okay, Gordon Tatum, Hayward. Gordon Hayward will be good. Mm-hmm. Jalen Brown will be good. I mean, Jalen Brown doesn't scare me that much. Terry Rozier is going to come out against Drew Bledsoe. Terry Rozier ain't going to do nothing. Scary Terry. <laughs> that, that was that was yesterday's news. That's fair. I, I, mean, I, I do I agree with that. What happened to Bledsoe last year? If that happens, I mean. Terry Rozier is going to be the kryptonite of the Bucks' finals run? No. <laughs> yeah, not in 2019. I don't know. I think they just have more pieces. I think Toronto, I think there is a little bit of animosity there because we did meet them the past two years prior uh, in the playoffs and lose. So I think there still is some revenge game for Giannis in that aspect. Um, Philly, I think, I think that's just more of an expectation that we would beat them because we are the much better team. At they're not deep enough. They're not and, deep enough. And Bede, Giannis can... Giannis can match up with Embiid. So Correct. That's, and as that's Jared Dudley said, the best NBA analytics said, you know, Ben Simmons isn't a good point guard not in the half court anyway. So I don't know if you saw I mean, that. I'm not, I'm not worried about Ben Simmons. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. We'll see. It'll be interesting to see uh, how this plays out. Uh, I'm excited and more scared for the Boston series just for maybe my own sanity um, over anything well, else. Well, it's also the second round. Like, it's, it's the second round. So if you lose in the second round – to Boston. I mean, what was the point of all of this? Right. What was the point so, of making a new song? Well, <laughs> so when you when you win sixty games and have all these awards that are going to come your way, you know, you it, it means nothing if you can't pay it off in the playoffs. So I think that there's, you know, we're not going to feel comfortable or like we're playing with house money for a while, and 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 maybe not at all. I, I don't know. I with Boston. More of the role players scare me on Toronto than they do on Boston, and maybe I'm just overlooking Boston. But I didn't, I didn't think they were good last year in that playoff series. You know, I know they were without Kyrie and Gordon, but I just, I, I don't think Boston is as good as the rest of us do. 
And yeah. that could just maybe that that could just be me with a bias, and I don't want to admit it. I that I don't know why. I just. I mean, you're I entitled to your own opinion, and there's nothing wrong with having that opinion. So I just know. I don't fear them as much as everybody else. Well, that's good. I will come to you then for my sanity checks in that series. Yeah. yeah um, well, I'll come to you if they go down too low. <laughs> perfect. Uh, let's shift our focus out west, though, to the Warriors, who lost a 31-point lead. Um, and DeMarcus Cousins goes down with, with what looks like a very painful quad tear. Um, are we hitting the panic button in Golden State, or is this just kind of a, a stepping stone or a speed bump in their road to the finals? Well, we'll see what happens in Game 3 of that series. I think for them to blow that big lead, you know, it is just one game, but it, what it does is give the Clippers a ton of confidence. Right. Because no matter what kind of lead Golden State's going to get out to, the Clippers know that they can still come back. And mm. there does seem to be some, I don't know if dissension's the word. I was reading an article about how Golden State, you know, sometimes you're so dominant for so long. Like, uh, let me like if you're at a, like a backyard tournament, or you're playing washers all day, or bags, or cornhole, or whatever, mm-hmm. and you're like, winter stays, and you're just kicking everybody's ass all day, and you just like want to sit down for a while, and so you let you know some kid's son beat you. That's that's the article pointed to the Warriors being like a team that just wants to get beat, and they just want all this off of them for a while. And I I don't know the merits of that. It's an interesting theory. Uh, hmm. I, you would still think that the Warriors get to at least the next series, and then that Rockets Warriors series would be insane. Yeah. Uh, I don't think that the Clippers will beat Golden State, but the way that they played in Game Two, you know, if the Clippers shocked the world. Good on them. I still think that the Bucks against Golden State, if they've got everything together, I don't know, man. That you now you're talking about Steph and KD. And Clay. Hey, I. And go ahead. I would. I, I would. Right now, I would. Beginning of the year, I would have said Warriors in five. And now I would say Warriors in maybe six. I just want to be very clear. I will root my ass off for the Bucks. Oh, yeah. No, uh, I, I would expect nothing less. But, um. I just. I don't know. That. So let me surpri- flip. It would surprise me if the Bucks won, but I, I. If I needed to predict, I would predict the Golden State. Fair enough. Well, let me flip this on you. If you're. If the Bucks. Played the Pistons last night. We're up by 31 and lost. Are you worried? Because now you're kind of a Golden State. You're just looking at Golden State from the outside looking you in. You know what? That's a good way to look at it. I wouldn't be. Okay. Because you kind of know what we got. Yeah, so maybe I shouldn't. But I don't know. The Clippers are much better than Detroit is. Detroit. I don't get Detroit. I don't know what they're trying to do. I mean, well, Blake Griffin's been out, but... Blake Griffin looks like he's going to a night at the Roxbury with Will Ferrell, so... He did look like that. <laughs> but, I mean, their big adjustment was starting Luke Kennard. Hey, so. he, like, didn't miss last night. Give him credit. I think he was their point leader. Yeah, well, the good for them, though. Yeah. They can go steal game three then. Yeah, no, that's a good point. I just, we'll see what happens. If they if they drop game three, yeah, but I don't know. You're right. Golden State, they'll win. Yeah. But I think it's interesting. It's definitely a good storyline. It's keeping this first round of the playoffs more interesting, especially with the Nets winning game one as well as Orlando. Um, those two teams both riding the ship in game two. So I am I was happy to see that. I mean, I'm, you know, just like everybody else, and understanding that, you know, I don't think the Magic are going to beat the Raptors. The Nets may give Philly. I think they might get one more game against them. But I think, again, yeah. Philly comes out of that. Uh, again, happy that they are losing games to kind of tire them out and make them play a little bit more than the Bucks may have to. Um, so let's shift the landscape, this conversation, um, to a different landscape, and that's kind of local media surrounding Bucks, Brewers, Packers. You know, last night there were four MVPs in the house and Giannis, Christian Yelich, Ryan Braun, and Aaron Rodgers, which is kind of crazy to think about that all of them are in this state. Um, so. I am fairly new to the local media standpoint. I started this podcast, you know, a little bit over a year ago, um, kind of getting my way into Bucks Twitter, Bucks um, social media presence, uh, even some local radio at one hundred and five seven. Have you seen it kind of grow over the years? One, two. How has the popularity of the Brewers and the Bucks specifically grown at all? The coverage that you guys are getting from listeners and everything else. And then even from your outside looking in on maybe podcast blog starting up. I think, well, with the Bucks, I think that there's more, I mean, 
that's the thing with the media. It's not just the four TV channels and then however many sports radio channels there's trying to be right now. I don't know what the hell's going on. But um, it's not just that. You can get a lot of good outlets. I mean, we can do this. You can listen to, you know, Brew Hoop or Lockdown Box or mm-hmm. Behind the Box Pass or any of these things. And, you know, I think that there's definitely – if, if you've got an appetite for Bucks content and you live in Milwaukee, you can get Bucks content from people that live in Milwaukee. And, and the radio stations are a big part of that, but we're also just a part of that. I think what happens a lot is, um, uh, I think for so long, the Packers have been so good and the other two teams have been so irrelevant that I think, you know, you do talk TV and, and news and, Sports talk radio. I'll just focus on sports talk radio. Sure. I think that there's, you know, we talk Packers more. I mean, three years ago, where were the Bucks? Uh, not good. Mm-hmm. The Brewers were rebuilding. So this week would be extensively Packers. Uh, we'd be talking about, you know, the draft coming out and really getting into it and the schedule coming out, which on our four hour show this morning, you know, the schedule used to be a, a three hour, three hours worth of content. We did maybe five minutes on it and took one phone call. And three hours of the show today, at least three hours of the show today, was about the Bucks. And you even got a hot Brewers team. And they lost the game that, you know, there's a lot to talk about there. But still, uh, you know, we, we have a plan every day of what we want to talk about. And, and I think today's show uh, in specific was maybe half Brewers, half bucks and a little Packers to touch on the schedule. But we also, if, if the people want to talk more bucks and we can engage that through phone calls and Twitter, what well, I mean? We're not going to, we're not going to stop talking bucks just because we feel like we have to talk Packers. I just, for my show on Chuck and Winkler, we always want to make sure we're talking about what people are talking about. And when your team is good, it's going to be that team. Sure. But there also has to be like some juice to it. And I think, there's been sort of this narrative that the local media and sports talk radios did not talk enough about the Bucks this year, which is, if that's true, it's because they weren't dramatic. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, when it really got bad, like I was doing interviews about it and, and, and having to defend myself on Twitter, when it really got bad from Bucks fans was when the Packers hired a new coach. And that hasn't happened in 13 years. But the Bucks at the time had the best record in the league. Yes. And so people wanted to talk about that. And that's good. You want to talk about that. But, you know, there's a lot more drama and topics and meatiness out of the Packers getting a new coach than there is saying, 414-799-1250, how cool is it that the Bucks are in first? Mm-hmm. Like, what's a, are you saying it's awesome or super awesome? Like, even today, the Bucks beat the Pistons in game two. There wasn't a lot there. Yeah. And we were talking about it. And sometimes we'll give out our phone number and sometimes we won't. There's a lot of people that know it or you can look it up real quick and call in. And so we're talking about the Bucks Pistons. You know, not that phone calls are the biggest generator, but it's it's a generator. We're, we're talking Bucks Pistons. Nothing's happened on the phone. So it's fine. Chuck and I will talk. It's fine. Uh, we start to talk about the national broadcast, NBA TV versus TNT. Okay, a couple people want to talk about that because it's kind of an interesting thing. Yep. One guy calls in and says, do you think they'll take down the Celtics? And I said, yeah. Phones light up. Now people, now there's drama there. There's sure. there's juice there. There's there's questions there. The Bucks for so long this year have not given you any drama or questions. I mean, there's certainly things to talk about. Yep. Um, like you know, Budenholzer and the squares and all this kind of stuff. But there's a lot of other, like, places to get that, too. We are trying to talk to, well, you know, sports radio audience is still kind of a niche of sorts. Mm -hmm. We're trying to make sure we cover what a lot of people are covering, and you can't just say for four hours, boy, the Bucks are great, yeah, golly gee. You know, there does have to be, some drama there. And for people that were worried that there wasn't going to be enough coverage, I was just, I was, I was saying, wait until April. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are going to be talking about the bucks. Though all y'all talk about the draft. I said, just, and we're not like doing it on purpose. We're just talking about what people are talking about. No one, get, no one cares about the draft right now. No. At least not in Milwaukee. 
No. You care about the Bucks. So that's so that's what we talk about. So sure. when people care about the Packers, we'll talk about the Packers. When they care about the Brewers, we'll talk about the we're, we're not we don't have an agenda. I mean our agenda is for people to listen to us. So we're gonna talk about what people are talking about. So that's our agenda. We're not trying to shove any sport down anyone's face. We just want to talk about what people are talking about because Chuck and I, and again, I can talk for our show, we are from Wisconsin. We're from this area. We are fans. We mm-hmm. happen to talk on the radio for a living. We're not any smarter or any better than anybody else. We just, we, we can talk on the radio and we're fans and we give a platform to people to do that. So that's what we're doing. That's that's the agenda is we want to talk about what you want to talk about because we are you. We're not... We're not that. I mean, I don't know. Some of these sports radio guys are like, yeah, the best thing ever. I, I know. No, it's okay. So let me spin this on you a little bit here. And I think that that was great. And it was going to be a, a smaller question I brought up a little bit later regarding the box coverage earlier in the season. Cause I actually talked about it. Uh, I think with Kane on this podcast in an episode regarding that. Uh, and I think a lot of that, maybe a lot of the questioning of why aren't we talking bucks when they're number one, um, before I actually, before I even get into that, let me say one thing. I completely agree with you on the meatiness and the drama of this season in Bucks basketball. I do my own podcast where I only talk about the Bucks. I don't have an option to discuss a different sport really. So finding topics outside of just recapping games has been a little bit tougher. You know, thankfully, you know the emergence of DJ Wilson and some other things that a lot of maybe niche Bucks fans or really hardcore Bucks fans would love to listen to about. I was able to cover, but from a, a general higher level NBA Bucks fan, a lot of that stuff necessarily doesn't really matter, or they're not really paying attention to the smaller things like that. So I can I can understand that, especially during the middle of a season where it's kind of just winning games. There's not they, it got boring. They they're did. They didn't hit a losing streak at all. They were kind of just winning, and that was all right. Cool, they're winning. Um, I think a lot of the frustration from what I saw in Bucks fans, I feel like it really just stemmed from this omission by the national media when we were number one in the NBA, we were number one in the East. You saw national media hosts either not mentioning the Bucks or when they did mention the Bucks, they were disrespected basically. And then they would turn to sports talk radio or some other avenue of media in the local area and hear Packers hired Matt LaFleur and maybe just kind of turn all their frustration towards that. Do you see any correlation between that at all? And then what do you think from a national media standpoint of them not necessarily covering the Bucks when they should have? And even now, kind of disrespecting them, saying, oh, well, they're not that good. Boston's going to win the East. Well, like, what do you think of the Nuggets? Yeah. <laughs> how, how good is Nikola Jokic? And... What, do you, what do you think? Of, I mean, that's the nationally, the Bucks are the Nuggets right yes. now. Mm-hmm. They're a team that's been playing well. They've got an international superstar, and we don't know a lot about them. I mean, the Warriors are the team. It's just, it's. The Warriors are dramatic. The, you know, Kyrie saying, well, I don't know if I'm going to stick around. Dramatic. Mm-hmm. Embiid, dramatic. LeBron, dramatic. Always. It, it's, it's these sort of theatrics that get the national media's attention. Saying a team is good and heaping praise on a team is not going, it's not, that's not how, that's not going to work. Sure. That's not, that's not how it's going to work. So, for Bucks fans that were looking for more of those national voices to just say how good they are, uh, I get that frustration. They're not going to watch the Bucks until they have to. I mean, we were arguing with a guy from CBS Sports this morning because, you know, he's taken the Celtics already, and I, I, I bet you he's watched under half of a Bucks game this season. They're not going to watch us until they have to, and there is a disrespect there, and, and the only way to do that is – to, to win for the Bucks to win, so you can complain about it, you can be mad about it. I certainly have. I did today, but it's not. It's not going to change until the Bucks themselves start to win. As far as the, the local stuff, I mean, the Bucks at the beginning of the season were battling the Brewers on a playoff run. Um, then that ended, and then the Bucks were battling a coach getting fired mid-season for Green Bay. Yep. Then you're battling Rodgers being hurt. Should he play meaningless games? Yep. Then you're battling they hire a coach. Then you're hiring Mark Murphy as a press conference and steals the spotlight. So there were a lot of other things going on, and, and the Bucks at this time, were all they were doing was going out and winning. I mean, I'd go to Fiserv during those games, 
place was packed, crowd was insane, people are jacked up about this team. And that's why when, when that was happening, especially in January, I thought, just wait till April and wait till May. And now what's going on? The, the Brewers, you know, are they going to have a pitcher go to the bullpen or are the Cubs going to come back? I mean, that's nice, but the Bucks, the Bucks right now, the Packers, you got to have a draft pick and how's LaFleur going to do with Rodgers and the schedule? Yeah, okay, that's cool, but it's the Bucks' turn. Sure. It, it is the Bucks' turn. And the Bucks are getting their turn. It wasn't their turn in January. It's their turn now. So I just I we are going to talk so much Bucks. You're going to have your local even now. I mean, the local news people are tripping over themselves to go cover this team. And I just I, I don't think that there's going to be January is going to look like it never happened once you see and once you've already seen. Mm-hmm. You know what's going on with the Bucks. The Bucks are a hot topic, and like I said, talk about the hot topic. We love all these teams. I would say I love all my teams the same, but I'm going to talk about the team that's the hot topic. That's the business I'm in. Sure. Right now, the Bucks, and January wasn't. Now it is. <laughs> it makes that's sense all. to I mean, me. <laughs> I, I have no narrative. I can just I'm just following the wind here. That's right. Uh, okay, perfect. So I think that was great. I think that's honestly uh, something. I was kind of interested to hear a little bit more about as well, just not having a plug into that really anybody to even talk to, kind of just hearing what everything everybody's saying uh, in the grapevine, if you will. So I would be remiss if I had you on and did not ask you, what is your favorite Bradley Center memory? (laughs) Okay, I'm going to give the same joke I give everyone. (laughs) See, the Bradley Center is not completely done yet. It's being torn down. Yes. So you're asking me to give my favorite memory when I can't yet because there's still more memories to be made. Oh, okay. So right. I'll ask you in a couple of months then. <laughs> what is if that? I can try to think of a real one. You you probably should because you're going to get asked it all the time. You know what? Uh, for me, I mean, I came down. I lived in Fond du Lac. It's 60 miles away. But I, st- I came down for Admirals games and I came down for Bucks games. Um, I came down for Wave games. When the Wave played there, there was a game that Favre was there and the place was packed, and I went to playoff games. And I was like a 12-year-old, and I did a little camp on the field. So it's probably Wave memories, which is why I give my fake answer instead. Wave memories. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that that place used to be packed for the Wave, dude. Really? Like 12,000, 15,000 without a gimmick, without Favre. Now they're in the playoffs. Did you know they have a playoff game tonight, the Milwaukee Wave? No, I did not. Did you know that the Milwaukee Wave still exists? Yes, I did know that. Okay, all right. See, it used to, man, it used to be huge. The Wave used to be a big, big deal. No one cares now. Well, what happened? Oh, I think people realized they were watching soccer. (laughs) Indoor soccer on top of it. Yeah, the indoor soccer leagues have been... There was a year I interned for the Wave like 10 years ago. Okay. There were four teams in the league. Oh, really? I mean, it's just teams are folding and refolding, and it's just it's not good. Oh, that's funny. All right, well, hey, we got an answer. It was a Wave game, uh, or just all of the Wave games that you went to. Let's talk about you RKOing Jerry Wolfel on the radio. Um, is he the greatest troll of all time in Milwaukee? I mean, he says he's not. He says he believes his takes. He, you so, can't, right? Like, <laughs> well, this is a guy you're talking about. This is a guy who has blocked the Bucks on Twitter. Yeah. So it's there seems to be some sort of uh, uh, some animosity there. To, yeah, he seems not to like them. Mm-hmm. Like not like just like he seems not to like them. So. He's been a guy who we've had on our station all, I mean, long since before I was there, you know, since the station started, uh, has done a lot of great work, has had a lot of scoops over the years, and his connections with the team have faded away. You know, a new ownership group comes in, new GM, uh, you know, the team outwardly does not like him. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, that is, they, they troll him right back on Twitter. So... I, you know, Gary, yeah, well, we still talk to him, and I'm going to talk to him again on Tuesday, mm-hmm. which it seems like the interview I did with him on Tuesday 
was like the end all be all but now so people are like i heard from so many people wow great interview with gary wow wow this is the best thing now i'm going to talk to him again on tuesday and people are going to be like what the hell what this what? Right. people will be mad at me he's a guy that we talked about basketball uh we'll get his takes all year long i have disagreed when it was appropriate to disagree uh i don't know if you know i don't know he I like Gary as a person. Sure. Uh, but do you, you, you really dude, think that Bradley said clearly, <laughs> you're telling me that a guy thinks Mike, that he thinks Malone's coach of the year, he thinks Harden's MVP, he thinks the Pistons were going to give the Bucks a problem, he doesn't think they'll get out of the second round, he thought they were going to be the sixth seed, he thinks they're mediocre. You're telling me all that, all those thoughts come from one guy and he doesn't have a vendetta? Right. Gary. Is hey, it, but, you know, buildings in Europe never got torn down, so why should the Bradleys win? Yikes. Well, maybe not the best time to say that right now. I mean, That was his obvious – that was his take the morning that the church was on fire. <laughs> so, you know, because if you've ever been to Europe, There's they don't tear buildings down there. Yeah. And not like – Bradley Center is a 30-year-old dump. Yes. That, I mean, that's just all, it's all it was. I, I, like I, I tweeted out yesterday, there's, you can see there's a great view of like half of it. It kind of looks like the Coliseum in Rome. Uh, and like, that was, that's my favorite memory. Like when that's done, when that's on the ground, like that'll be the favorite memory I have. Um, even like watching the viral video view is like a gr- better memory that I think I've had at the Bradley Center. Because I've just watched such bad basketball. I never saw a concert there. I vaguely remember going to Admirals games when they were there, but I remember them more at the U.S. Cellular Arena, which is now the W Panther Arena, um, and then everyone to a Wave game there. So maybe I was just the generation that kind of missed the boat because uh, I didn't get to see the 01 uh, 02 team. I was no, I mean for eight, for real, it was a pl- it was it was built for hockey. Right. They never got the NHL team. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you could play basketball there, so they certainly did. The acoustics in there weren't good. No, uh, you know, watching a concert there wasn't a great experience. It was a building where things happened, and I think that there were so many people that grew up here that, you know, because these teams were so bad. Yep. Uh, you could you could go there for cheap, and you would go there. You know, a twelve year old kid could go there a lot more than he's going to go run around maybe at Pfizer. But when you went up there, there's no charm to it. Uh, you sit in the 400s, and it's so steep, and it's like, wow, there's nothing for me to do up here. Pfizer's completely better in that regard. Yes, very true. You know, and it's, it's a basketball arena, and it's it's a home mm-hmm. for the Bucks and for Marquette. And, you know, really, the Bradley Center, it's just like, I don't know. I mean, you grow up in a house, and it's a dumpy house, but it's where you grew up. And so for a lot of people, it's just it's a place where people had memories. And they... now it's gone. They also it had memories. It wasn't cool. Yeah, I mean, they had memories of County Stadium that didn't stop them from blowing that thing up. So, right, and it's not. It wasn't. I mean, the outfield didn't connect to the infield. <laughs> exactly. You can't get around. It's so stupid. Um, I don't know. I don't know. But that's that's talking that's talking Gary uh, on this podcast. I I just don't. I think it's kind of funny. I just I don't ever interact with him, so I'm never gonna get blocked by him. Hopefully, unless he somehow finds out about this podcast. Um, so I can always still see his tweets. I'm surprised which... he didn't block me. Yeah, especially after that. But maybe because like, he I knows... like Gary. I really, genuinely like him. Does he have? But any... he doesn't like the box right no, now. That's just it. He doesn't and like the box. And you know, why not? If you're gonna, you know, I don't know. You can, you can go out. You can go out with your head held high, or you could go out. The wolf away, and he's chosen his <laughs> avenue. Hey, you know what? You could at least be like me or no tech Ben and admit when you're wrong about something. Like, I was about DJ Wilson, and I'm happy that I was wrong. He could just be like, you know what? I was wrong. I didn't think they'd, had, they'd have a great season like they did, and they did. Yeah, you gotta, if you're going to commit to a bit, you got to commit to I, a bit. That's true. Uh, one last question before uh, we end this podcast here. I, I was curious on how the bit of what is your favorite Bradley Center memory came about and that uh, viral YouTube video of you at the Brewer game. Was it just an idea you had and you're like, I'm going to go around asking people and see what they say? Uh, no, I'll tell you, I, a lot of my uh, ideas come out of me hating something <laughs> or <laughs> someone. Sure. So 
what was happening uh, was oh god. So the Bradley Center was announced that the Pfizer Forum was going to be built, mm-hmm. and so that I think that was an appropriate time to say, well, all right, what's your favorite memory of this place? That's you know, an easy topic. Mm-hmm. You know, I think you know the flagship ran with it for four days. Fine. And then it was the final game at the Bradley Center, so you do it again. Okay. Fine. Mm-hmm. Then the roof came down. And then people were doing it again. And I thought, guys, we, I mean, we have done this mm-hmm. repeatedly. We cannot do it again. So if we're going to do it when the roof comes down, we might as well do it when then a wall comes down and when another parking structure comes down. So uh, that's kind of how it developed. Me hating something i get all my ideas out of hate and to be clear not hating the bradley center hating the repeatedly coverage covered what is your favorite memory of the brand the bradley center hating milk toast broadcasters in the city using that as a topic over and over again fair enough fair enough because it was easy and lazy and so every time i do a video whether they know it or not and there's a few people i'm thinking of but i won't say their names they probably don't listen to this anyway, so you're okay. It's a giant F you to all of them, <laughs> is what it is. And I think that is the best way we could have ended this podcast. Um, so, Bart, uh, I appreciate you coming on again. Uh, where can people who aren't following you uh, on social media follow you? Twitter at Winks, thanks. Uh, the show's Chuck and Winkler, weekday morning, 6 to 10 on the fan. Uh, you can get us WSSP on the radio.com app as well for free. Awesome. Uh, for those of you listening for the first time, maybe because Bart is on, uh, I am at Jakubitz on Twitter, at J-A-K-U-B-I-C-Z. The podcast is at Bucks underscore radio. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, uh, SoundCloud. And I uh, appreciate listening. If you like it, subscribe. Follow me. Follow the podcast. Interact with me. Love talking to people. Love chatting about the Bucks or anything else going on. Um, and appreciate your time and let us, letting us be a part of your day. So go Bucks. Cheers. Bucks and six.